all right welcome back everyone this is the last episode for the month of august we are covering glory road by anthony carter the journeys of 10 african americans into reformed christianity and today i want to cover uh, just one and this is uh, the story of roger uh, skeppel uh, i think i'm pronouncing that right so roger uh, grew up going to church although his church was uh, was uh, wesleyan and this is uh, Wesleyan is uh, refers to uh, Charles uh, or John Wesley. Uh, the brothers, uh, one was the I, f- I think it was John John Wesley. I get those these two men confused, but John was the sort of the itinerant preacher, traveling from place to place and yeah, preached uh, powerful sermons. But anyways, um, uh, so Wesley uh, believed. Uh, he believed in biblical salvation, that faith, salvation by faith alone. However, he's a he's a very big point of difference. He believed that uh, that that you could actually lose your salvation, and that you could actually, at some point in your life, into and sort of transition into a condition of entire sanctification, meaning that almost like a, a perfect holiness uh, that in a state that you are no longer sinning. So the struggle uh, for uh, for Roger Skeppel was that he could never attain a level of confidence regarding his spiritual relationship with God, right? Because if his salvation is can be lost, right? If salvation can be, truly can be lost, even for somebody who is a born-again believer, then that means that he has to work hard to maintain his salvation. Uh, not only that, but if you also believe that you can come into this place and this enter into enter into this period where you can achieve this level of perfection, well, then, yeah, then then you would be having a lots of doubt about your salvation. Well, why am I not? Why am I not entering into this state? You know, how do I know that I am saved or I just sinned or I keep struggling with this particular sin? I don't like it. I hate it. I want to repent of it. But does this mean that I am not saved? And so that is that is the the the, the struggle of believing that particular kind of doctrine. So <clears throat> later on in life, he his parents sent him to a, a Christian camp. And there's a particular teacher there that he loves. And so this this teacher, he is he's kind of the main teacher for the camp, and this teacher uh, teaches from Reformed theology, and that's how he comes across uh, Reformed theology. This is how he comes to understand Reformed theology, and through there, he uh, he uh, uh, later on there's a there's a time. This was a uh, what was it? So he comes across uh, the, the the writings of of John MacArthur. And he is uh, he he enjoys it. He he reads uh, some of his material, and he and that also helps him to come to believe and understand uh, Reformed theology. So, so there, yeah. So there, so there you go. And what's encouraging about this book is that it really shows us that Reformed theology isn't a a white man's theology. It's not a black man's theology. It's it's not. It's not particular to any race, uh, but Reformed theology is for all races, all cultures, for all peoples, everywhere, men, women, and child. 
And so I thought that for the last remaining minutes, I that that I'd tell you exactly how I came to uh, Reformed theology. I did not grow up in a church that believed in Reformed theology. Uh, it was a, a Baptist uh, church, uh, but yeah, there wasn't uh, there wasn't any Reformed theology coming from the pulpits, not in the teaching, not in youth ministry, not in children's uh, ministry, and I was in all of it, uh, all growing up in the same church. And if the pastor believed in, say, uh, predestination, if the pastor believed in limited atonement, it never came out. So I had no idea what Reformed theology was, um, and because I had no idea what it was, I, I, I just... I. I didn't really care all that much about theology. So fast forward, um, it's my early 20s. I, uh, the Lord convicts me of my sins. I turn to the Lord Jesus as my, as my personal Lord and Savior. And I, I shortly thereafter, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm listening and watching sermons uh, by uh, my John Piper by John MacArthur, and I thought they were excellent, excellent sermons. I don't know why I enjoyed them so much because they're, they're sermons I've never heard before, but I enjoyed them, and I didn't know that they were even, these men were reformed. I had no category for that. So I actually go to this warehouse. This large warehouse at the time had these massive sales on, on Christian supplies, Christian books. So I go there with some friends. I go through this table just looking at the different books, and I come across a book by Martin Luther titled The Bondage of the Will. I read the back, and I say, oh, this sounds interesting. So I have no idea who Martin Luther was. <laughs> I had no idea really what this book was about. I found out much later exactly why this book was written. But anyways, I take that home, and I read it, and I am just... And, I was I was captivated uh, that that book was instrumental in uh, in introducing me to reformed uh, theology. And at the time, I was reading the scriptures uh, daily. I was studying the scriptures, and as I read Martin Luther's book, shortly after, I then picked up Wayne Grudem's a Systematic Theology. I had no idea who Wayne Grudem was. I came across this book, and I liked the uh, all the different theologies and doctrines that were in the book, even though it's a very thick book. If you've seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. But I picked it up and I started reading through it and I thought everything just made sense. And what I read in these books affirmed what I came to believe through just reading the scriptures. And it wasn't... Uh, then I enrolled myself uh, in seminary and uh, it's around this time that I came to understand what Reformed theology was. And I came to the realization that, wow, this whole time I actually believed in Reformed theology and didn't even know it. Uh, now I have a category for what I believe. And to me, uh, Reformed theology just comes through just the natural reading of the scriptures. If you read the scriptures, you read all of it, if you read the New Testament and you study it, then... In my opinion, um, uh, the Bible is reformed in its theology, and when you read it and study it and let it teach you, then you cannot help but come away with a reformed theology. And so it was helpful for me 
uh, to read the books of these men, to watch these sermons. And as I'm studying the scriptures and then coming to the conclusion, wow, I, re I believe in reformed theology and I, and I believed it this whole time and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> so, uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways and yeah, so I am curious, uh, about you, you know, if, if you, uh, believe in reformed theology, did you know what reformed theology was before, uh, listening to this podcast? And were you familiar with Calvinism? Were you familiar with the, the TULIP acronym? And yeah, and maybe for some of you, you grew up in a church that was reformed. For some of you didn't, and you came to reformed theology later on. Yeah, I'd be curious to know exactly what your story is. So, and yeah, feel free to share. You can uh, send me a long email. You can send me a text. You, you can reach out and say, hey, Demi, let's let's grab together. Uh, let's let's go grab some lunch together. I I would love to tell you how I came to understand uh, reform theology, and I would love uh, to to hear uh, your story if you have a story like that. So, we'll leave it there. Uh, next month we'll begin a new book, and this is on the topic of discernment. Um, discernment. Uh, the title of the book is All That's Good, and. Yeah, discernment I've always found to be an interesting topic. Maybe it is for you. So that is the subject of the book that I will be covering next month in this podcast. So hope that you will tune in. And if you find this helpful, you think that others will find it helpful, hey, feel free uh, to share it with them as well. I'll catch you next time.